Welcome to Movie Franchise 4, the quest for sequels or a better podcast title. Please, God, somebody help us. Please, please, somebody else help us name this thing. <laughs> I'm Tyler Dennering. I'm Connery Hansen. And today, we're discussing the third chapter in the Hunger Games movie franchise, Mockingjay Part 1. Insert video clip here. Just kidding. Uh, I'm bad at editing uh, Oh, I, I was totally ready to do the fake one that we did for Catching Fire. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Do it. You know things. All right. Gail, how could we leave it all behind? Katniss, it's for the best. We have to make sure that you're the Mockingjay, Katniss. You have to do this. Oh, damn it. I need a better Philip Seymour Hoffman impression. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was Gail. No, I, I was doing Gail. Like, like, you need a... Katniss, you are the Mockingjay. You have to show us all what the world can be. I don't think you can measure up to this. <laughs> it's hard to do Philip Seymour, impersonate Philip Seymour Hoffman. That's like, I've never seen anybody do that, like, as a comedy routine yeah, or anything. Because it's just like. nothing to, like, do. He doesn't have, like, a distinctive thing. He's just a good actor. Like, he kind of does in that, like, his distinctive thing is, like. He's just really good. Yeah, like, it's just he's good, really good acting. acting. I can't make fun of it. It's just good acting. <laughs> he's really good at seeming like he's not acting and like very indifferent. Mm-hmm. Like it's you'd have to like be Daniel Day Lewis for that to be fun to like to 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 uh, act like you're being Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, and how do you like how um, do you be Daniel Day Lewis and like a little like fun clip like this? Like other than like I drink your milkshake or something like that. Yeah, that's like the only thing that's like memeable. I yeah. guess that he's done. I'm, I'm sure there's other things. Well, like Family Guy did the like my left foot. Oh yeah, yeah, my is left. better than my, my right. Foot. But it's just like man, it's it's <laughs> it's probably just not good grounds for comedy to like imitate really great actors, <laughs> unless they're also really dramatic, like James Dean or like yeah. Marlon Brando. That's always a thing. But it's just like Philip Seymour Hoffman's usually just like. Man, you could do like him from Boogie Nights, kind of, but it's just mostly just saying the lines that he does, and then it's like funny. But yeah, so this is a movie <sighs> franchise podcast. We're only four minutes in. Yeah, we can talk about like random crap for another like hour, right? Oh, for people sure. People still be here. Yeah, people will stick around, cricket. and we'll just like shoot the shit, and it'll be fun. On that subject, have you been uh, watching or playing anything since the last time we talked? Oh man, dude. To timestamp this, it's March twenty eighth. <laughs> I don't remember the last time we recorded, but I want to timestamp every single podcast, so it's really annoying. I think it was two days ago when we last recorded. Hmm. I've actually watched a bit then since then, but That's you good. go first. Um, I have not watched that much. I, I kept on watching The Outsider. I feel like that's been my like my go-to thing that I've kept on watching. And it's been mm-hmm. interesting. It's been like a cool watch. I'm thinking I'm on episode like six now. And it's definitely interesting. Like, I want them to catch the the bad guy, and that's always good. But uh, other than that, I'm uh, I'm in Animal Crossing. My town is called Con- Contopia. If any of you want to come visit my Animal Crossing town, <laughs> yeah. Do, uh, how does that like? I haven't even played. I actually haven't played any of those. Like, do you like you build your 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 home and everything? Everything's on an island in this one, right? Yeah, something every, like that. Yeah, everything's on an island, so like you can take a plane and visit other people. And oh, yeah. uh, I, I feel like the only reason I ever visit other people is to like take their resources and put them on my island. And so part of me is paranoid that other people are going <laughs> to do that to me. So maybe don't visit my island. Get, stay away. Everyone stay away neighbor. from Cartopia. It's mine. That's basically, I, I totally understand now why so many people are playing that because it's basically like the perfect quarantine game. Kind of like, 
what Alyssa was saying last week about uh, Persona 5 or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I mean, I guess, you know, Animal Crossing is more cartoony, but it's like you're literally just visiting your friends' islands because you can't in real life right now. Exactly. Like, uh, Grayson and Jose were over today, and uh, Grayson had never played Animal Crossing game before, and I knew she'd be like, Grayson's my little sister, BTW. And uh, she played it for probably two hours and Mm -hmm. just never let up playing it for like the longest time like me and jose ended up playing like ps4 and gave her like the handheld switch and let her keep going at it yeah but she had a great time i think it's a really fun game especially in these dark quarantine times so i've been doing that and then i just played through uh bloodborne again which is always a cool ride with me getting angry at the tv yeah, speaking of Bloodborne, I really need to see Bloodshot, that Vin Diesel movie. Uh, yeah, me too, dude. I, I debated <laughs> about seeing that today or like yesterday when I was like, I know I'm going to have this, this podcast and maybe I should watch Bloodshot. It, it was like between that and, and Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which is like the polar opposite <laughs> things. They're like the same. <laughs> They're the same. Maybe on the Starving Games episode, we'll we'll talk about Bloodshot, but mm. it's also still $20 to rent right now. Oh, no, actually, you buy it, but I don't think you can rent it yet. Okay. You can only buy it for 20 bucks. Mm. so maybe uh, we can have a... Uh, you can't even have communal copies of things anymore because it's all digital, yeah. but um, yeah, other than, uh, you know, playing Animal Crossing and stuff, you've been good? Yeah, I've, I've just been good. Like, so I, I feel like... Literally yesterday, I did probably the most pathetic thing I've done in my life in a long time, and I spent literally all day on, <laughs> my, just on my couch. put your hand in a mayonnaise jar? <laughs> <laughs> just started eating? Yeah, similar to that, or except I stuck... You had plenty of food, but you just reacted, and you're like, I need to eat this. I did a knee-jerk reaction, just ate a whole tub of mayonnaise, and then I got sick. <laughs> No, but basically, I, I, I feel like I played Bloodborne all day yesterday, and I had I had fun, but like also was mad the entire time, because like every time I lose, <laughs> I want to keep on trying and keep on winning at that game, and eventually I did, but then like I look at the clock, and I'm like, fuck, I've been doing this for like seven hours. Why have I been doing this for seven hours? This is probably the worst thing I've ever done. <laughs> and You've never... You mean in recent times? Like, I'm sure you've played games for seven oh, hours yeah. before. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, I, I just haven't done something like that in a really long time. And so, like, when I when yeah. I realized I'd been doing it for that long, I was kind of like, shit, I should not have been doing this for that long. But now I'm on the DLC, which is uh, really exciting because I, I love the DLC for Blood, Bloodborne. How about you, dude? What's been going on? Yeah, I was just going to add to that that, um, yeah, I guess I haven't played games that for that long in, like, quite a while, but I just... Some of my best moments in uh, high school were <laughs> playing video games for way, way too long. Uh, one thing that I always I, I bring up probably too often uh, is one time I played and beat Metal Gear Solid 3 in one day. Shit. In like 10th grade or something because, you know, it's before I had a job or anything. Yeah. And just, but uh, good game. Recommend Metal Gear Solid 3, which is really old at this point. But, uh... Speaking of old games, uh, I think I know what you're going to bring up. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, in terms, I'll start with what movies I've been watching and stuff. Uh, I, I got Criterion Channel uh, a few months ago. Oh, that's cool. So it's a, it's a Criterion Collections like streaming service. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been watching some stuff on there. Um, Terry Zweigoff, he's like a filmmaker I like a lot. He did like Ghost World and 
the art crime documentary. Ghost World's a comic um, too, isn't it? Yeah, it's Daniel Close comic. Yeah, okay. Um, I he's one of my favorite comic book like artists writers. Nice. Um, he's like indie comic American indie comics, and I, I just watched Art School Confidential because that's the one I hadn't seen yet. Mm-hmm. Um, which is also Daniel Close like collection. It's not like straight up one comic, I think. Yeah. But Terry Zweigoff also directed the movie of that. Um, and then I also watched A Master Builder with Wallace Shawn, directed by Jonathan Demi, which is basically just like a filmed play. Oh, but, oh uh, I like that. Both of those sound really annoying and probably pretentious. The film play doesn't I sound bad to me. Them. I mean, that sounds like, like when I watched Dogtown, I like fell in love with that shit. Or Dogville yeah, or whatever it's called. I was going to say more important than watching artful movies. Jedi Outcast, Jedi Academy came out on Switch. (laughs) (laughs) And I've been waiting for months. (laughs) Because I remember Jedi Knight 2, or yeah, Jedi Knight, God, the the naming scheme of that whole franchise, like those games are so confusing because it's Jedi Knight. Mm Mm-hmm. Shadow of the it's like Shadow of the Empire Jedi Knight. Yeah. Jedi Knight 2, Jedi Outcast. Mm. Then there's Jedi Outcast, Jedi Academy. Yeah. And Jedi Knight 2 came out for the Switch, which is like a 20-year-old game or something. Yeah. In September in November. And like I just saw a report that like, oh, that's gonna come out. And then Academy will come out like sometime in the future. Mm. And then I found out, like I was just on Twitter the other day, and it was like, oh, Star Wars Episode 1 Racer is gonna come for the Switch. I was like, yes, because basically uh most of the games i play are just old games on the switch (laughs) and i'm like especially if they're star wars games you were playing that one star wars game when i came over like probably a month ago now what was it where it was like that platforming thing where you're having such like a trouble such like it was such like a pain in the ass to go through yeah that's jedi outcast Outcast. the one with like kyle katarn kylo katarn and i was reading the article i'm like Hell yeah, I get to pod race again pretty soon. Like, of all the games, it's just funny that that's coming out. And I like, retweeted it and I like, read, actually read the article afterwards. And I was just like, and by the way, Jedi Academy's out now. I'm like, what the hell? Like, they didn't like announce it at yeah. all. And so I just like went and downloaded it. And I know, normally like never buy games unless they're on sale. Mm-hmm. But it was like 20 bucks. Hell and yeah. I was just like, I, I'll make an excuse just because like I've been waiting so long for this. And I'm just like unreasonably stoked. But one of the main reasons why I like that game a lot is because, I mean, some of it's just nostalgia and, like, it's, it's like, the original, like, st- story kind of, like, expanded universe stuff before the new trilogy came yeah. out. So it's, like, none of it's, like, canon mm-hmm. or, like, it's not, like, considered part of the story anymore. But, like, part of the reason why, I mean, aside from not having a PS4, like, part of the reason why I wasn't, like, super stoked on that newest Star Wars game is because, like... Like, I guess it's really, it seems really cool in that, like, it's a mo-capped actor and everything, yeah. but, like, things I really like about, like, Jedi Academy and, like, a lot of older Star Wars games is, like, more customization. Like, I, I just, I miss games, basically, where you can customize your character. Like, it would be so dope to play as an alien Jedi yeah. or something in the new game, and that's what I like a lot about Jedi Academy is that I'm a, a Rodian Jedi <laughs> with a yellow lightsaber, <laughs> and it's just, like, I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> it's just really stupid. His, um, uh, I know you're watching a... What's it called the Resistance uh, animated show, right? Rebels, Rebels, yeah. yeah. Um, the hit, what's it called in Jedi Fallen Order, his mentor is like that purple alien with like the elf ears. That's like really buff. I don't know what the oh. species is called, but like it's one of those. Yeah, 
the same species as the guy yeah. from Rebels. Which which I thought was yeah, pretty I fun. I was like, oh, he has like a weird like alien mentor. That's cool. Yeah, I forgot what that species is. Yeah, but um, it might be new. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Anyways, we've been talking about Star Wars and video games for about. Uh, I guess it's only been like ten yeah, minutes, it's not but been that long. There's a spider. I hope y'all know by now that I'm not just a movie nerd, but I'm just a giant fucking nerd in everything. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you want to be a Rodian and say McLunky before you lightsaber people? At least you'll um, be a Rodian. Like I feel like I don't have the guts to be a Rodian in games like that. I'm like, no, why? I am cisgendered white man. Like, not even. I might be like the alien with like the. Who's the guy that, like in the in episode three? He's in the fighter pilot ship and he gets blown up. Like I like that alien look a lot. <laughs> Nine nub. Not Nine nub, dude. <laughs> you know, Wait, like, the, the Jedi guy who has like he, his face looks like a pilot. Oh, Plo Koon. Yes, Plo Koon. Like I'd be probably one of those if they were like, you have to be an alien, Connery. But like I'll be one of those guys. Well, good luck. You can be one of those guys in Jedi Academy. Oh, fuck yeah. So. And speaking of yeah, Jedi Power Battles for PS1, I would always play as Plo Koon because he had like the orange lightsaber. Hell yeah. It's pretty dope. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, I think that's that's good to wrap yeah, up. Yeah, that's, that's good. We did we did our Star Wars video game Jedi talk. Yeah, we're going to just end the podcast now. Um, <laughs> movie was good. We'll see you later. <laughs> it was great. Loved it. But, Bye. Um, other than that, I've just been working, uh, doing more Photoshop work. Luckily, I've been able to do work from home for now. Hopefully, it lasts a few more weeks. I haven't been needed um, in my work. Huh? I haven't been needed at my work. Oh, that sucks. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Like I said, I'm fine. But uh, other than that, yeah, I've just been editing on my computer, photoshopping. So, like, my I literally feel like my vertebrae compressing. Like, I need to go outside. <laughs> I haven't been outside in a while. <laughs> so I need to go exercise. Like, I literally feel like I'm becoming, like, a golem creature. <laughs> but I just need to, like, I found a jump rope the other day. So. Oh, hey, you doing some sick jumps? Not yet, but I'll get around to it. <laughs> I need to do my push-ups again. Like, I was going to the gym so often, and I had, like, a trainer and everything, and now I feel my arms getting skinnier and skinnier, and when I flex, it's nowhere near as satisfying as it once was. You know the secret to that? Yeah. Just never having gotten muscle in the first place. <laughs> Touche. All right, well, let's talk about Mockingjay Part 1. <laughs> Yeah, I just forgot to mention at the beginning that if I sound a lot better, I actually have a microphone now. Yeah. And it'll it, there's hopefully noise reduction on it, and that's thanks to my amazing girlfriend, Lily, who is way better at this stuff than me in terms of audio editing and everything. And she'll be on the next episode. Yeah. So stay tuned. There is a spider crawling around on my office wall, and it's terrifying me. Um, you should offer it some mayonnaise. Yeah, I'll, I'll dip my hand in some mayonnaise and fling it at it. <laughs> um, so yeah, this week we watched Mockingjay Part 1, the third movie in the Hunger Games I... franchise of movies. Third book, third movie, third book that got turned into two movies. Yeah, I feel like it totally took Harry Potter's lead in that and just like divided it up into two for the last one. Yeah, I think you're right, because Harry Potter, I think, was the first franchise to do that. Mm -hmm. And that was right before. This was like 2014. Yeah. When's the last Harry Potter? Like 2011, uh, 2012. Let me let me let me check. <laughs> click 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 click. No, it's remember the. Uh, <laughs> remember when we listened to Harry Potter dubstep? I do remember that. <laughs> what were we doing? What was that on the way to? 
uh, I think it was like a Harry Potter party or something. Oh yeah. Oh, that was a Chad's Hollow Chad's Halloween party in like college, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Name dropping Chad. <laughs> Chad Cohen. Look for him in TMNT when we do that. That's not that's not his last name. But good because I don't want to just say someone's name, name that doesn't. I'm not gonna say it. Nah, get but hopefully he'll be on a future episode. Love you, Chad. And he'll on just our hear softball this and be like, team. Why are you guys talking about me? Oh yeah, he's on our softball yeah. team too. Um, uh, it came out November 11th, 2010. Oh, uh, the last part two. Part one came out then. Oh okay. Well, I see your reasoning. Yeah. All right, well, this, yeah, last book got turned into two movies, uh, as I'm sure you all know, because this movie came out six years ago. <laughs> Maybe you don't know, because... Maybe you've been dying. That's why you're listening to this podcast, you're like, hmm, what is this Hunger Games thing? Why are they talking about a 16-year-old Star Wars game? Why'd they choose to lead off with the Hunger Games? <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah, I guess that's a fair point. Uh, I guess I'll reiterate that in that I think... I, I only watched it for the first time uh, about a year and a half ago, the whole series, and I didn't take it maybe I don't know about seriously but like I just didn't appreciate it as much the first time I'm like oh I definitely need to go back and watch that because there's a lot of like it's just like weirdly um more political and about the media and like how like fran- uh not franchises sorry how like governments work and everything yeah. and like rebellions and all that stuff it really gets into uh, like how- the nitty-gritty of like certain things which is really cool yeah, and how cyclical, like, the nature of all that is. And that's the stuff I like a lot about, like, the prequel trilogies of Star Wars, as I've said before. And I feel like this does that better. But I also understand, having seen this third movie, which I think is probably the most plotty um, and somewhat, uh, what's the word, not philosophical, but just very much about politics yeah. and propaganda mm-hmm. and everything. Um, I could definitely see how there was like a drop off in the box office for these, especially for like the casual viewer, because the first two and especially the second one is, as we were talking with Alyssa about, uh, check out our second episode with Alyssa Wise uh, about Catching Fire. And she, I feel like she gave a good reason why that, that one was like, I don't know, it's just like the most entertaining and it's kind of like a step up overall. Uh, but yeah, anyways, uh, I feel like this franchise is more, a lot more interested in politics and rebellion and the cyclical nature of of all that uh then i would expect for like a young adult franchise i guess let's just get into where this movie starts off yeah let's get into mockingjay part one so katniss is having a mini breakdown during our first little uh meet meet up with her it's a recap for us by uh her talking to to herself and kind of recapping what happened in the in catching fire her talking about like pete is missing District 12 is gone, and uh, she's currently at District 13. And we we see that by, like, an like a attendant woman, like a nurse coming up to her and being like, you can't be in here, and her being like, oh, no, like, I'm okay, I'm okay. And then the woman be like, all right, like, she's not okay. And them eventually, like, tranking her and then, like, bringing her back to her room. Oh, right, yeah, which is, like, really confusing way to start, but that's also, like, the intention because it definitely seems like it's the bad people after her, or, like, the... uh I don't know the Pan Am police or whatever. Yeah, called the the peacekeepers. But yeah, so they're just like tranquilizing her, I guess, to keep her there. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, this still doesn't seem like that's a very weird way to start off like a movie that seems to be like she's with like the good people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and the fact that they're tranquilizing her and she's having like PTSD and they're not really helping her with that or anything. Sure. It's just like 
they're they're like they're interested more in in the fact that like she is a symbol and that's like pretty much it they need to keep her alive and healthy in the fact that like she not mentally maybe but like make sure she's healthy and that's all they really care about yeah even from the like yeah just from the very intro intro of the scene like first time seeing this movie you'd be like just very confused but having seen it a second time it's it's very much so how they're just like trying to keep her there and she's definitely like just a political tool for them. I don't know. It's interesting going back and like this definitely has like, it's very rewarding having seen it everything a second time because it just keeps building off of every, a lot of scenes have like different meanings and deeper meanings having known like where the series ends. Oh yeah, for sure. It's very rewarding on like, on like a second watch and just, and kind of knowing the lay of the land and being like, okay, I know what like this is going to connect to and like how scary this situation actually is, even if it seems like maybe even possibly good, like it's, it's not that good for her. Yeah. So she wakes up with PTSD and she hears someone else crying. So she goes and talks to Finnick, Mm -hmm. uh, who's, who's there as well. Cause he, he was able to get out of the games which like I don't. Oh yeah, he was on the boat or the yeah. boat, the ship at the end of the last one. Yeah, they ship. saved like a select group of people from the games and left others behind in Catching Fire. And he's crying because they have Annie, who's his wife, his girlfriend. Yeah, and so they're hoping to get them back at some point. It's the same yeah, thing and, with and, Peta. And, and yeah, and he even tells like I want to go back for Peta, and she's like, okay, but it doesn't really change the fact that he's still gone. Yeah, and he kind of like has this deep like hatred for everyone and everything now which i thought was really intense yeah he he says uh, i literally wrote down the quote where he says uh he says he wants everything and everyone to die damn yeah which i'm like okay he's hardcore now he was just a sugar cube sugar cube eaten aquaman in the last movie popping horse man (laughs) with a trident going yeah yeah hell yeah yeah all right um, so just like the first movie with Woody Harrelson just showing up and like, oh shit, I forget how good the casting is in this. Or Philip Seymour Hoffman shows up in the second mm-hmm. one as the new game master. Just like, I don't know, this franchise has such good casting, like oh, foresight. For sure. Uh, I don't know who the, um, casting agent was, but Mahershala Ali just job. shows up as the head of security <laughs> for District 13. I love him so freaking much. <laughs> Two-time Oscar winner Mahershala Ali shows up in this movie yeah. like two years before he wins an Oscar, two or three years. Mm-hmm. And it's just like crazy being like seeing him and then I don't even remember the scene, but then he, he basically just goes up to Cass and be like, hey, guess what? Like Seymour uh, Hoffman and who's the woman who plays coin in this? Yeah, Julianne Moore shows up in the next scene. Like, Marshall Ali brings Jennifer Lawrence to Julianne Moore, and it's just like, <laughs> shit, like, they have such good casting in these movies. Like, people mm-hmm. are just, uh, I guess they just have a lot of money to do that, but I was just still surprised by the by the caliber of everybody involved. Yeah, and basically in this, like, war meeting, BD is also there, and yeah, Coin tells again. Katniss that, like, all the districts are riding, she wants to capitalize on this and just make, like, a full-blown rebellion out of this. And uh, they want to do a bunch of propaganda with Katniss as like the Mockingjay, as like the big driving force, and to like just like galvanize everybody to be at their back. And Katniss is really into the idea of doing that, and she's just really hung up on trying to save Peta. And Coin is just saying to her, "Look, that's just one guy. The rest of the world is what's more important." And uh, 
Katniss is still very much about just saving PETA and uh Yeah, she's like obsessed at this point with saving PETA. Like she won't really yeah. do anything unless they they help PETA, which I get. Uh at certain points in the movie you're just like, geez, like she definitely needs to like help everybody else too, but they're also yeah. using her. They they are absolutely fully using her. Like it's it's yeah. just so blatant from like the get go, like they just want this person for her for her followers, basically. <laughs> Like, what's it called? A, uh, she's an influencer, influencer. basically. Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, Katniss kind of storms out of the room, and then we, uh, and she meets up with Gail. And yeah, I was just going to say real quick before we go farther in the, the story, whatever, just, just to really hammer home the point of like the casting, like just how surprised I am by that. Like, there's just some lines in these that it's just like, it sounds like it's right out of the book, but when mm-hmm. it's said, like with humans, like in, in on a movie screen, it's just like, oh man. But it, like Julianne Moore says to Katniss, like why they want her, and she says, when you shot that arrow into the barrier at the games, you electrified the nation because <laughs> the arrow had lightning on it. It was electrical. Yeah, that's so pretty blew up the, I'm just like, oh man, like this this would be kind of cool to read in the book, I guess. But mm. but the fact that it's Julianne Moore saying it, it's like lends credibility. So it's like they really do a good job. Yeah. And making it believable. Uh, yeah, so they go over to Philip Seymour Hoffman, right? Uh, she meets up with Gail, and they get on a jet, and she takes him to the Rem... And he takes her to the Rem to District 12. Right. And she goes... Uh, uh, I, I he, he offers to go with her, and she's like, nah. And she wanders around the ruins of District 12 and sees all these bodies, and she kind of gives herself just a big panic attack, heart attack about just all the horror she's made herself look at (laughs) yeah and that's just like another scene i just feel really bad for her because they're just like showing her something in front of her to make her feel even like worse so that she Mm -hmm. feels convinced to do the uh propaganda yeah and then she goes to like her old mansion and there's a white rose there which which just kind of drives her more the like snow is saying hey just for you baby (laughs) yeah and there's like as she's walking through the city there's all these like charred bodies and everything Mm -hmm. it's just like just another example of these all these movies are PG thirteen, I think. And it's just like, man, they're really pushing the limit. Like they're just showing yeah. like straight up charred they're corpses. At that, like, just barely yeah. point. Mm. I guess there's like not blood, so it's like, oh, it's fine. Mm. It's just like it's Pompeii bodies. <laughs> and we get we cut to snow and he's getting groomed. I think he gets cut at one point, which is interesting, I guess. Show any I think at that point he's like never showed them that you can bleed, even though he's like been cut just now, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, while well, he's being shaved. Mm-hmm. And what else? Uh, does his best to try and stop the rebellion with his... Oh, yeah, and then he, he gives a speech to all of Pan Am, and he tries to just kind of like calm everybody down, but how he calms everybody down is murder a bunch of people in front of them. <laughs> yeah, which district was that? That's all of them. I think, like, literally a whole bunch of them, he has, like, insurrectors, like, murdered in front of, like, this big crowd of people. Yeah. And what I th- a point I thought was really cool in this is that he's giving this speech and saying like what a bad person Katniss is, and his granddaughter who in the first who in who in the second oh, yeah. movie has like the braid, and then she starts to slowly undo the braid while he's yeah. talking, and I that thought was that nice was like little... really scary and sick at the same time. Where I was like that that's really creepy. As she's just like freaked out, like anybody who's associated with her is going to get punished, and she's so scared that she's like I could get punished too, even though yeah. I'm so close to him. It kind of gives you the idea in, like, a very small visual moment, which makes it so good, um, Mm -hmm. that, like, she's afraid that her own grandpa would kill her because she's, like, you know, uh, whether she's directly afraid or not, it just definitely gives that impression 
He's just like, man, President Snow. He's a bad dude, huh? He's not a very good guy. <laughs> no. And we shoot back to Katniss, and we're back at 13. She gives a... She, oh, yeah, she took supplies from her mansion as well, and she gives them to her family, along with the... She finds the cat as well, Prim's cat. <laughs> Who is Tabby? You are right yeah, last episode. Exactly, like, thank are you. you sure it's a different like cat. <laughs> <laughs> and she gives the cat to Prim. Prim's happy, and uh, then we go back to the mess hall. Um, Gail encourages Katniss to eat food. She doesn't want to. Um, and then we get a Caesar broadcast with a now Tucci. semi... Yeah, Tucci. <laughs> and we get a semi-brainwashed PETA kind of like reiterating like, stop the war, stop the war. This isn't really Katniss. Yeah. They're forcing her to do this. And I remember I thought at this moment, like it's kind of really, it's very unfortunate that Katniss is the Mockingjay instead yeah. of PETA because PETA is really like, as you saw, especially in the second game, he's not mm. that good at too much except like throwing rocks. Like <laughs> He almost dies like two times within ten minutes of the movie in the mm-hmm. second one, but he's really good at PR and all that yeah. stuff. So like he should like if, be the dude behind the monitor, like saying like, "Hey, guess yeah. what? We want you." Right. He should be the propaganda guy, but instead it has to be Katniss, which is like is very interesting to me because uh, she's just very not. She's not even like likable in a way. Mm-hmm. Like that's just kind of written in the in the books and. It, they just always comment on it in dialogue, like, oh, you wish you were more likable. Just yeah. be more friendly to people. Like, mm. Hamish keeps saying that to her and stuff. Yeah. So. It's like this uncharismatic person forced to be charismatic. Yeah, and they're just using her image instead of what she actually, how she is as a human being. Yeah, and after PETA's uh, anti-war speech, the, District 13 gives him a big boo. So he's not a big fan. He, people don't like him much at District 13 after his little speech. Right. And he looks like more gaunt and everything. Yeah, and I was trying to look at it and like, I'm pretty sure they used uh, like CG to make his face like thinner mm-hmm. and stuff. I'm like, oh, what year is this? I'm like, oh yeah, I guess they did that in Captain America One, which is like 2012. Yeah. So I guess they definitely had the technology, but it do- it looks pretty good, honestly. Like, it doesn't look that strange considering like uh, some movies from like the past couple of years. It looked really hairy sometimes yeah i remember watching it and i was like oh shit did did the guy lose a lot of weight for this and yeah. he's just going for it but i, I don't understand if it yeah it's kind of like uh in endgame when tony stark comes back from space and mm-hmm. he like looks so thin yeah like i'm sure he didn't lose any weight but like they just did a really good job at making him look like he's like rattled you know man technology right <laughs> technology <laughs> am i right and then sometimes like cats it just uh People need more time to work on things. <laughs> yeah. The budgets uh, don't allow them. So Gail meets up with her, and they talk about maybe why Pete would have said those things. Katniss feels like he's still playing the game and trying to like save as many people as possible. Gail is more on the lines of, he's a dirty, rotten traitor, and he should die. And Katniss is definitely not for that. Oh, yeah. Gail's probably just still jealous um, yeah, as well. Yeah, jelly. But then also, like, uh, there's like a little line that they bring up. I think, uh, I don't remember if it's Effie talking to Katniss who like Effie, she just has like, like everybody just has like gray jumpsuits. Mm -hmm. Uh, district 13 has the worst fashion of everybody in the whole movie. Yeah. (laughs) Cause they just are underground bunker people. Mm -hmm. But like Effie still looks dope. Cause she still has like, kind of like a, she got that do rag. (laughs) Yeah. She has like a pinup bandana and like Mm -hmm. minimal. She has like no eyebrows. Yeah. It's kind of like very like 2014 Gaga or whatever. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. um which i had probably totally wrong in the year i just remember lady gaga looking very like stripped down at some point no i remember that but uh 
Uh, oh, yeah, the line is basically that a lot of kids died in an epidemic in District 13, so there's not very many children. So it's just nice little lines like that that make it add to the world building without it being too, like, too expositional. It's very uh, original Star Wars-y. Yeah, it was, very, it was a very appropriate place to put that, because, like, Katniss said, I don't see any kids. Like, where are the kids? And then some Effie may probably says, like, oh, there, I heard there was a plague, and it killed all of, like, a lot of the children and people here. And I'm like, Mike, that's cool. Like, I learned information about this place, and it didn't feel forced much to me. So they've had, like, suffering. Yeah. This is the point where it gets up to, like, uh, they go back to Plutarch. Plutarch Heavensby, played by Philip Seymour Hoffman, who I guess near the end of production on this, he that's when he died. Oh, wow, really? So he finished most of his scenes, but I, I wasn't sure how much was, like, CG replication, but I think that was more so in part two. Interesting. Uh, upcoming movie, uh, but agree. She before that she has like a nightmare and then a dream about like Peta coming to her and then them kind of like him reassuring her and them spending the night together, and I think that finally urges her to do the Mockingjay thing, mm-hmm. and she goes to Philip Seymour Hoffman and uh, I'm sorry, what's what's the other woman's name? I, I totally blank. The coin. Uh, Alma Coin, President Alma Coin. Yeah, coin. And she goes to them and she's like, you know what? I'll do it fine, but I have conditions. She's like, I want PETA saved. I want all the other tribute victors saved. And uh, yeah, that's what I want. And coin initially is like, no, I'm not. we're not doing that. Like, they'll face a trial by tribunal and that's that. And then um, Philip Seymour is like, well, what do you want me to do about it? And then she gets a little bit more fierce and is like, no, you will do this. And then Seymour Hoffman's like, you see, this is the girl. And then Coin's like, okay, I'll do it. Blah, blah, blah. Which I, which was so creepy to me, creepy to me. Cause I'm like, this is an audition. Like that's what all it is. It's just an yeah. audition in front of like the producer and the director being like, can she do this? Like, oh yeah, there's the fire. Yeah, she can do this. Yeah. Once again, like just a very great example of kind of what this whole franchise is about mm-hmm. <laughs> under wraps of being like an entertaining thing. Then I think they introduce uh, her like new helpers or whatever, which is uh, is <laughs> I wrote it down. I totally forgot their name after this. Like Scandy. Oh, I, I literally just had them as her as her. Oh, never mind. Crew. That's I wrote that down as Scand. I wrote Scandy because like this guy's Scandinavian. But uh, <laughs> never mind. That's not anybody's name. But he's an Avox. But he's yeah, like right. the camera guy. It's like, okay, I guess the camera guy doesn't need to talk. <laughs> yeah, we, we can skip over Effie being convinced to help her because, of course, she eventually does. Yeah. But there's all the, the director woman. I forget who that actor is. Natalie but Dormer. Yeah, Natalie Dormer. It was, it was Natalie something, but she just mm-hmm. has like the most uh, poorly aged haircut, I guess, of everybody in the <laughs> series because it's like the I was extreme so side into that, cut. Ha- that, hair lo- that haircut on girls like so hard. I thought it was the coolest shit in the world. <laughs> like six years ago or whatever. Yeah, like st- <laughs> and now you're just yeah, like, like six uh, years ago. I thought yeah. it was so cool. It's just the contrast between like completely bald and really long hair. I'm like, okay, like. As, as a bald man and a girl to choose to go half bald, I'm into <laughs> it. <laughs> One of us. <laughs> One of us. Uh, uh, then they yeah. send Katniss to actually go to a district, which I don't even remember why. But they, oh like, no, wait, go to wait, 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 wait! I, I want to do the before that because they make her do like just like the green screen take of her. Oh yeah, and she's really bad. <laughs> yeah, and she's awful. And which I love also, it so much. Yeah, it's so dope to see like a really good actor act bad. Mm-hmm. I wrote this. I wrote down great acting, acting bad. I'm like, what does that mean? But now that I remember what that means. <laughs> but it's just really, it's it's hard to act 
poorly while like to act convincingly act poorly without actually acting poorly if that makes sense she's she's like districts now is the time to fight yeah (laughs) and i love seymour philip seymour hoffman just being like no no (laughs) (laughs) it's it's so good she does such a great job and i like that moment so much it's because again it just capitalized on like this whole thing is just a big media show that's like all it's it's a battle of ideals more so than it's a battle of guns and uh manpower but uh yeah you were she she does eventually go to a district after like she literally can't do this in front of a green screen Hamish gives his his pitch to like the war council i love that pitch so much where he's like when was the last time katniss did something meaningful or touched you and everybody's like quiet for a second and then they're like oh when, when she volunteered for a sister and he writes yeah. that down like an all bad handwriting on the board and he's like, and th- when i've been like brainstorm meetings like that's so familiar to me so much like writing so shitty on the board <laughs> and like when when it, when she sacrificed for herself or her sister when she when she teamed up with rue when she buried rue when she uh all these things like in real life and then hamish is like and that's the thing we have to get her in the field yeah like they she definitely uh is an actor and reactor like katniss katniss is i mean like she's just genuinely a good person, so she looks out for people and tries to take care of them. But she's not a media good person, you know. Like yeah. she'd rather not anybody know. I would think that she did a good thing, mm-hmm. if 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 anything, because that's just kind of the person she seems to be. But they're trying to weaponize that and actually show it in some sort of mm-hmm. way. So she actually has to feel real emotions because she's not an actor and like yeah, she's just like an honest person. <laughs> and so instead of uh commercializing it they're like we'll make this a reality tv show we'll have a camera crew crew follow her around in the field and we'll get her genuine reactions from situations so they head to district uh eight Eight. i believe yeah Yeah. and along the way she meets her producer natalie dormer she meets the avox guy and her other like camera guys which i thought again i i love this whole shtick so much that she has like a whole production crew with her (laughs) yeah definitely so we go to District 8. She's at a hospital. She sees a lot of, like, she goes through a hallway of, like, the dead to get through the, get to, like, the dying, which I thought was really interesting and sad at the same time. Oh, yeah. I totally forgot that she even encountered anybody there. Um, yeah. I just, I just remember the, uh, the jets or whatever. Oh, no. But, she um, does, like, that whole thing. Yeah. And then she goes in and they're just like, oh, like, uh, I remember she, because she is getting better at being this figurehead like much mm-hmm. like i said at the end of the first hunger games movie where she is wearing like a very like it's a very minor example or it's just like uh it's subtle but basically she's wearing that like 20s dress at the end after winning mm-hmm. the first hunger games so she's yeah. like getting better at adapting to like what her life is supposed to be as a victor mm-hmm. and this is another scene like that where someone's someone goes up and talks to her and's like oh what happened to the baby and like i totally forgot about that whole like yeah. lie that Peta said and she just goes oh i lost it or it, w- it got lost or something yeah well, without even thinking too like there's no even like beat she just says i lost it and people go oh my god yeah so like she's getting better at lying basically which i guess mm-hmm. she has to do as a figurehead but it's it just plays into everything in terms of like hey don't really trust anybody <laughs> that seems right? like like even seemingly very good people in um through media you can you can make anybody look really good. It's just about like the hard facts. You have to do your research and everything. <laughs> Read Katniss's Wikipedia page first <laughs> to see what her actual politics are. 
and they get they all give her the rebel rebel salute, and we go to snow. Oh, we we um snow sees footage of Katniss on the field at District Eight, like little spy drone footage, and he says like, oh, like destroy the hospital. I show them all if anyone even associates with her, they they will die. Their friends and family, loved ones will die. And Katniss leaves the building, I guess, right in time for this big battle to take place. And a, a lot of fun action. She takes out two airships with one explosive arrow, which is really cool. Oh, yeah, because she and Gale are aiming at them, and Gale has this, like, crossbow, but then he mm-hmm. just, like, doesn't do anything, but she shoots <laughs> them both down. Yeah, it's pretty rad. So they have that footage. I wrote down that she's green arrow now, which I thought was kind of fun. She's just mix- missing, like, a boxing glove arrow. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, Hawkeye. Yeah, or, or, she's most likely Hawkeye now. That's probably a reference more people will get. But... Yeah, Green Arrow's cooler, though. Well, <laughs> Green Arrow is so much The cooler. Arrow Cave. <laughs> the Arrow Cave. Why don't you just call it the Quiver? <laughs> <laughs> See, I know my injustice. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so they have this big fight. Katniss is like, oh, my God, they're going to bomb the hospital. We have to evacuate as many people as possible. The hospital gets bombed and destroyed anyway. They're just too far away to really help anybody. I don't remember it, whether it got bombed or not. I just remember she shot down the plane, so I thought it didn't get bombed, but then she said it did get bombed. I'm like, what? Yeah, you, like, you see the explosion lying? in, like, the way distance oh, okay. when they're, like, fighting the airships and people, and then she's like, no, the hospital. Oh. So I'm talking about, like, Snow fucking sucks at his job. He has to just, like, murder everybody instead of, like... He should have just done a lot of work beforehand, you know, but mm-hmm. it's too late, and now he's just, like, punishing everybody to, like, restore order. Yeah, his, his sole thing seems to be fear. Like, he's never, like, yeah. giving... He's he's all about the stick and nothing about the carrot. It's like, man, if he just... <laughs> if he just, like, I, does he... Is he just sadistic? Like, I don't really totally believe it. I think he's very ruthless, but uh, I don't know if he actually enjoys, like, killing people. Maybe he does. He seems like a bad guy. I don't think he cares. Like, yeah, it's more that he's indifferent than, like, actually enjoying it. So it's just, like, maybe he should have just been a better ruler in the first place, and then he wouldn't have to kill so many people. <laughs> yeah, there's no mirth or joy in his killings. It's just, yeah. I guess I'll do this to, like, kill him. And I, I in his advice is just literally fear, fear, fear. And he's like, I'll use fear. Like that is the weapon I know. And I'll just keep using it over and over again, despite it not working. Yeah. It's probably not as good for his economy than to like <laughs> find ways for, well, I don't know. I guess he just steals all the resources from people. Exactly. But. Yeah. He, he doesn't have anything original. Like he steals the fear idea from Philip Seymour Hoffman. Right, he, he just, does. And that's all he does throughout the rest of it. He had the, the dude has no original ideas himself. I think at this point they go back and then she does like they record her like, oh, if you if you burn us, we'll burn you or you burn with us or something. like Yeah, that. they're they're in the field. And, and the I love I love Nellie Dorman in these scenes so much because she is like a reality TV show producer. Yeah, she true. literally just says like Katniss, what are you feeling about this? And Katniss is like, well, how am I feeling? I feel like this. <laughs> yeah. And then it goes to show later on in like another scene. She's mm-hmm. just like not feeling it because she's, yeah. she's just not honest. Um, so yeah, they deliver that thing. They send it to, I don't know, the interwebs, whatever everybody's watching on their projectors. Um, yeah. And, and then coin shows this like new comic con trailer of the mocking Jay. So yeah, the people at 13, (laughs) it it does feel very much like a comic con trailer where it's just like coming soon. Yeah. The mocking Jay. And then she sings the hanging tree or whatever. I'm like, "Ah, all right. Like, is this from the book or something? It feels like I'll pit. Much, the hanging but. tree is from the book. That's literally like the song that her dad sings to her, uh, for like a lullaby. Yeah. But no, no one's gonna know that except people who read the book. To like everybody else, it's just a song she made up. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah. it's, still, it's still a fun song, I guess, <laughs> in the fact that it's about people that died. Yeah, it sounds pretty depressing. Yeah. I, I Why would a father sing that to his daughter? I don't know. And then another, there's another thing by PETA, and he's just, he's like, oh, all these people are messing up our government. But then he actually warns everybody. Oh, you're, you're skipping way far in advance, dude. Am I? Yeah, you're skipping super far. What really happened since then? Oh, yeah. They blow up a giant dam. Yeah, we have, like, the rebellion. <laughs> Literally, even before the dam, dude, we have, like, the wood people, the people in the woods, like, scurry up trees and blow up peacekeepers. Uh, Yeah, it's just, like, one scene, though. Yeah, but that's, like, where we are right now. Like, the dam thing is even further back down the road. Yeah, it's... Katniss and Gail go hunting. In, in above ground from District 13, and they see, like, oh, none of these animals are really scared of us. And I thought that was kind of interesting. They they end up not hunting anything. And they then they arrive and see another PETA interview. You're right about that. Yeah, he's like, oh, these animals aren't scared of us because they've never been killed by us. Which is in District 13 still? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, okay. which, which I thought, again, was odd because they probably do have teams that go up there and probably hunt for food. Yeah, what do they eat? Yeah, like canned food. They probably ran out of canned food years ago if they were decimated by nuclear fire. Yeah. I think it I think it's this is the scene where Gail kind of relays to Katniss that she doesn't care about him in a certain in like the way she cares about Peter. Like he she's only ever cared about him when he's in pain or there's pain involved, which I thought was very sad and like a interesting awakening for his character to be like you don't love me like you love me in pain and you like helping people out of that pain and so there isn't really much left between them i feel like after that conversation when he's like you don't care about me like someone who like is actually interested you just like pain is like basically what he says to her which is really sad you're the author of all my pain (laughs) uh yeah and i i kind of wasn't super engaged then so i forgot (laughs) about that scene (laughs) but uh that makes sense now why he just like goes off and does other things later but Mm. yeah he's very much just like oh i gotta just like help like what i believe in it's less about katniss it's more just about like the whole situation yeah it's the cause this is like a i i don't want to make like a big like social issue thing but this is like this whole thing is communism with like district 13 being very like uniform everyone is the same there's a tribunal yeah they say no uh coin says something very much like oh no individual can make a decision here it has to go up to tribunal yeah but coin is so obviously like the person who will benefit from all of this in the long run it's like the person in power will get the most like she will not be treated as everybody else she is going to like her and philip seymour hoffman will benefit from this new power regime obviously yeah she may or may not be a kind of shady person yeah it's it's like it's it's so it's like extreme communism or just communism versus this hyper probably just capitalism dash like holy roman empire extravagance of like the capital yeah anywho's it <laughs> uh we get again katniss and gail have their little conversation we get another talk from Peta, just basically saying hey stop the war everybody's still like hey i'm not about that yeah, this part's very kind of like back and forth, I think. Yeah, Katniss shoots another scene at District 12 again. Well, she and, said she uh, can't do it, right? Yeah, she can't do it, and so Gale takes the reins, and he does his is... own scene. Wow, I totally forgot about this part. Because this is the, yeah, this is the part where I, 
I don't know. This movie just definitely feels like the most plotty to me, where it's just mm-hmm. like somebody shoots a propaganda video, then they go to a district. This one's all yeah. smushed too. Then they shoot another video, and then this one's all smushed, but this one has white roses. And then they go back. She's like, I can't do it. And then someone else does a video. And then some cool stuff happens. So I don't know. There's just that back and forth. There's the white roses that drop at later on. And then Katniss is like, I can't do it because they're going to kill PETA. Yeah, that's that's like way, way later. But in this one, she's just... She's, anything she's just, really that interesting until that point, though. Yeah, literally. It, it's, it's a lot of trotting along and doing the same thing pretty much over and over again. And but, she's just, uh, she, I don't know, she has some scenes in the bunker with, like, Prim, and, like, I don't even remember what they're talking about, because... <laughs> yeah, it's... Honestly, like, when, when you're talking to me now, like, I, I enjoyed watching it at the time, because I liked a lot of things about it, but they are kind of going back and forth, like, doing the same thing a bunch over and over again. I guess the most interesting thing, uh, up until they do the mission to save PETA is basically they, uh, all the citizens or whatever go and, like, storm the dam to blow it up. And it seems really crazy because, like, none of them have weapons and just, like, the craziness of that. It's like, man, they don't even have, like, a stick or anything that they're whacking people with. They're literally just running against people with, like, assault rifles (laughs) or, like, I think, yeah, I think that's what they were. It's just, like, mowing down people. And they got those, uh, they got, like, three coffins for, like, the song that, like, they're singing while they're doing it. Coffins? Yeah, like, the the Hanging Tree song says, like, three people died and they have three coffins. Like, what's, what's what they're carrying the bombs in? Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. How uh, poetic. It's very poetic, but no one's going to know because the coffins are going to blow up. But <laughs> Yeah. And much like Legolas in the two towers, the cops totally choke and they blow up the dam. <laughs> yeah. So, where are we? So, right now... Oh, we... Well, basically, Gail tells his story, and then we have the production crew and Katniss and Gail kind of just chilling at this Like We see our first physical Mockingjay. Do you not remember that? No, this whole part was pretty boring. <laughs> I I literally remember this. I, I feel like I was taking pretty copious notes when I should have probably just been taking headers at this point. But it's okay, you can move on to the more interesting part. Yeah, okay, gotcha. But I thought it was cool that we see our like our first actual mocking Jay and there's a cute little scene with like her singing a song and that's when she sings the Are You Coming to the Tree? And then, then we get the rebellion and the dam, uh, blah blah blah. And then it becomes non wait, I always forget the difference between diegetic and non diegetic. I think it goes from diegetic to non diegetic because she sings a song and then it like plays over them blowing up the dam. Yeah. And then like the people are singing the song too, and that becomes like her new Comic Con second part trailer. Oh right. Yeah. For Mocking J Part Two. Mocking J Part Two, Revenge of the Mocking J. And Katniss and Finnick hang out and they kind of talk about love and how much it hurts and how much they have to like kind of band together and just figure out just what it is and just survive through it. Eh, and she goes to sleep. She's woken up by Boggs and she's taking to see Coin again. And Coin tells Katniss that, okay, before all this even happens, the Capitol attacks them. And PETA does relay a message to them that like in his stupid up state, because they're kind of overlaying a hacked message of Katniss singing the hang- Hanging Tree song. Yeah, it's another Stanley Tucci uh, 60 Minutes interview with PETA. Mm-hmm. And then PETA, like, gets, like, he sees the propaganda, he gets, like, incepted by it in some way, and he, like, freaks out. And then he's just like, oh, they're coming to go bomb you guys, look out! And then, like, the feed cuts, because they, like, I don't know, yeah, Stanley Tucci whacked him with his uh, green hair, <laughs> <Okay>. whatever. <laughs> it just reached out and just chokes him out. But... 
Oh yeah, so PETA gives them an advance warning, and most of District 13 is able to get into like the deep bunker, as I call it, written down. And eventually, Katniss, Prim, after like saving a, a dumb cat, they're all able to get back in the bunker. They last out the night. We learn that Prim is trained to be like a real life doctor, which is fun. And yeah, they kind of last out the night in this deep bunker. The next morning, Boggs. Yeah, comes it's up basically to her. more sitting around. Yeah, it's a lot of sitting around. Who's Boggs? Um, what's his name? Uh, the the security guard. Oh, Mahershala. Mahershala, yeah. Mahershala comes up to him. He's like, "Oh, hey, Coin wants to see it." I feel like that's a lot of his job in this movie is <laughs> yeah. to go up to Katniss and say, "Oh, Coin wants to see you." By the way, that's what I mean. Especially at being Mahershala, like he's got, I think, the most Oscars out of everybody in the whole cast, <laughs> right? <laughs> and it's just like, oh, he's just like some lackey guy who's like the head of security. And I think it shows because in part two, he gets a lot more dialogue. Yeah, he has more cool stuff to do mm-hmm. as well. But for now, he's literally just like a, a, a stoolie for, for Snow, or so coin, for just yeah. like relaying information to Katniss. Oh, yeah, I guess at this point, too, like when there's pandemonium with everybody trying to hunker da- bunker down or whatever. Hunker down? Mm-hmm. I, wanna, hunker I, think, right. I think both those words work and they rhyme. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> they hunker in the bunker and then like Katniss gets knocked over because everyone's like freaking out. Yeah, and she Prim, almost gets trampled, yeah. And Prim almost dies because she's looking for the cat. It, yeah, it's like at moments like this where, like, all the whole propaganda machine, like, really just shows that, like, you know, they don't even recognize her because she's not exuding that same energy as she would in a video. Yeah. They, like, barely, like, I feel like Katniss is very much that kind of character anyways where it's, like, you wouldn't really even recognize her in a crowd because she doesn't, I don't know, I just feel like she kind of, in a she way, She blends like, in a little bit. Yeah, she definitely blends in and, like, keeps her shoulders down in a way, you know. Yeah, and, and I, I really like that. Like, nobody's like, oh, my God, that's Katniss Everdeen. Like, get right. her down there. Everybody just kind of, like, rushes, and they don't even, like, see who she is. So that all ends, and then, yeah, they go, like you said, they go talk to Coin again. And she's like, PETA saved us eight minutes. And there's no casualties because of that. So, like, they're going to do, like, Operation PETA drop save. or whatever. <laughs> they're going to go <laughs> Operation Operation Bread Refund. Operation Burnt Hog Bread. <laughs> Operation Burnt Hog Remember the times where we could just talk about PETA and shit on him and talk about Burnt Hog Bread? <laughs> now everything's too serious in this yeah. series. <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't think there's uh, a single loaf of bread in this movie. No, there's no bread in Mockingjay Part 1 because PETA isn't there. <laughs> Truly dark times. I, I I hope there's like at least some pumpernickel or something in the second <laughs> Part 2. Pumpernickel Part 2. So Kat, along with her production crew, go up to the surface again to kind of tell the world, like, hey, we survived an attack from the Capitol. We're fine. But then she realizes that the whole battlefield is littered with these white roses. And she's like, okay, Snow is just fucking with me now, and he just wants me to suffer. And he's he's basically going to kill PETA. He's going to kill PETA. And so she freaks out about that. It's like, I, I can't do Yeah, it's kind of weird how that... Cause that it just plays into like this whole cyclical thing of, I'm just like wit. That's why I got it mixed up with the white roses. Like when that drops, it's mm-hmm. like oh he's gonna kill Peta. It's just like well why wouldn't he just have done it already? Like yeah, he already like he should have already killed him if like he tried to save them. Like I don't really understand what he's doing. For for my I I will I will admit very dark game for our ending. We'll get into that. Okay. Um, but so. Hamish gives her a pep talk to kind of just like get her out of her funk. Hamish, who's wearing a beanie this whole time, that's his. Yes, that's his fashion aesthetic this time. It's probably just easier for his wig. 
So he he says he says like, oh, guess what? Like we're gonna do Operation Breadrefund dot com. Operation Breadline. On, yeah, Operation Breadline. Operation Whole Wheat is go, and they are going to save Peta with a whole bunch with a little like Strike Force. And uh, also, Gale volunteered for the Strike Force. So Katniss is like, "Oh, cool! The guy I, the guy I like here is gonna save the guy I love. Interesting, fun. Who didn't like the guy I loved? Cool." Yeah, and this this whole sequence, I I probably like the most out of the whole movie. Oh yeah, it's um, cool. Just the visual look of it. It's very much like, I guess, just like a Halo drop, like in a <laughs> twenty. I think that came out the same year. The uh, American Godzilla, or Gareth Edwards' Godzilla. It like did, that yeah. whole drop when they come, they jump out it of the plane. It came out in 2010? No, 2014. Oh, 2014. This came out in... 20. Oh, no, you're right. This came out in 2014. I was you're wrong. Harry still. <laughs> you're wrong! <laughs> yeah, like the Halo drop in that, and then also like Mission Impossible Fallout. Basically, any Halo drop is just really cool, but it's just oh, like yeah. super dark, and then like the red light in this just makes the whole thing really cool until the lights turn on in the facility, but... Can we talk about Godzilla for a second? Because I thought that Halo drop was going to be them going inside of Godzilla and planting bombs in him and blowing him inside up. of him. Yeah, I thought like, they were going to like get drills and like drill into him. He wouldn't feel it. He's so I mean, goddamn huge. They just like fall into his mouth. No, like on his back, landing on his spikes, just like drilling in and like planting little bombs in there, and just going like, go 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 inside of him and like hurting Godzilla even like a little bit. Like that'd be kind of cool. It's like you can hurt Godzilla, you can kill him, but you shouldn't. He's your friend. <laughs> yeah, I like to think that Godzilla's like really hard to kill though. Oh yeah, he like I say it wouldn't kill him outright. It maybe hurt him a little bit. Give him like a give him like an ow. Like you you poked my back with like a sharp stick. But it probably wouldn't kill him. Yeah. I almost for- totally forgot how he, he like what happens in that movie. But yeah, I do yeah, like that yeah. movie a lot. <laughs> it, 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 it's, you know, I, I'll be honest. I don't like Godzilla 1. But anyway. <laughs> Woo! I, I, you know what? I'll even say a controversial bit. I like the 1990s Godzilla. <laughs> oh. Yeah. That's a lot of fish. That's a lot of fish. <laughs> what is he like all uh, the worms isn't he yeah he's like a worm doctor or yeah, something he's a worm like, doctor <laughs> god i i do really like how the 2014 godzilla looks uh i mean like the whole film as a whole chubby godzilla but um yeah the acting you know uh but i i'm a huge godzilla fan i have seen the 90s godzilla too many times but you know if I, we watch like it if we watch Godzilla on this, which are we gonna go through like the entire catalog of Godzilla yeah. films? I was actually talking to uh, our friend Cutter about this yesterday uh, over text because <laughs> I was telling him I'm starting to do this podcast, and he was saying like because he 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 got like the uh, I think that's the Showa era, like oh. basically the first Godzilla, like Gojira up to the seventies. Oh, cool. Which I think is that might be two eras, uh, but. Anyways, like he's been watching those and I've just been like recommending stuff because I just watched a lot of those not too long ago. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, oh, do Godzilla as a franchise. I'm like, yeah, but like, like, uh, it's just so long. So it had to it's be a specific lot. one. Like we become a Godzilla yeah. podcast for like a really freaking long time. Yeah, there's so many of those too. I like Shin Godzilla a lot. I will say I like the 90s. Um, I feel like the 90s Godzillas are like probably the most digestible for people who don't really watch Godzilla. They're like kind of like. Uh, I guess at this point, like, I wouldn't say, like, historically classic, mm-hmm. uh, but very much, like, classic in terms of, like, pop culture. It's kind of, like, the most, like, 
amped up monsters like Destroya yeah. and Space Godzilla, all the just like jumbo like '90s special effects ones. What does Those are just like a lot of fun. In? He's my favorite. He's other in the than, '70s, other than King Ghidorah. I think he just first shows up in Godzilla vs. Gigan. Yeah, um, which <laughs> well, is like, <laughs> yeah, that movie's fun. Um, it's just very '70s, but it's <laughs> it's just like very goofball like action, but. No, it's, and then Katniss shows up and shoots Gigan in the eye, and he goes, <laughs> Look, Look forward to something on Godzilla at some point from us. But <laughs> or not. <laughs> the choice is or, yours. Yeah, the choice is yours. Um, give us audience feedback, please. Uh, where are we, my dude? They, it's so, basically, it, it's the infiltration mission. Yeah, it just, yeah, the whole sequence is really cool, and then the lights turn on, and then Snow, like, uh, Snow knows what's up, and then... Yeah. Katniss is like, President Snow, President Snow, President Snow, President Snow, a bunch. President Snow, I'm here. It's Katniss. Excuse me, Mr. Snow, I'm here. It's Katniss. <laughs> and like, man, this is really annoying, but it's it's kind of like I also like not necessarily appreciate it, but respected that because it's definitely another thing that like shouldn't really exist in a movie because it's just like really, you know, like I feel like that's a general like screenwriting thing probably right like don't keep repeating mm. the same beat or just yeah. like don't keep saying the same line basically but mm. it just goes to show like how like the tension of the scene as well as just like it feels more like almost documentary and that like yeah, it's very like, unedited especially because if she doesn't contact him all of her friends will die yeah so she's just like trying and trying and like I feel like it doesn't work, uh, ramp the tension up as well as like maybe in Catching Fire when they like put the little spigot thing into the tree and it just like mm-hmm. takes forever and then water finally comes out. But it's still like I appreciate the uh, intention there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then Snow finally shows up. He's like, hello, Katniss. <laughs> <laughs> hello there. You don't think I know about your little friends in the tribute yeah. center? He says like a cool line and then walks off and they're like, oh, no, they know it's a trap. But then it's yeah. not a trap. <laughs> Yeah, because they literally let the team go. Yeah, and Snow says something around the lines of like, "It's the thing that things that you love that will kill you." Oh, and... so he just oh, man, come on, Snow! Like he's just too theatrical to get his own job done. <laughs> Gives her a hard like wink. <laughs> yeah, winky winky. <laughs> you see what I mean? You see what I say? Uh, <laughs> oh, wink wink, and judge. Say no more. Say no more. Say no more. Say no more. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> But they are able to save everybody after, like, a really long, again, another long period of Katniss waiting for information and even Coin coming up to her and saying, oh, I have no news. Like, we're just going to shoot the shit for a little bit more. Yeah, eventually Boggs comes to her and says, like, this is like, oh, guess what? Like, we did it. Gale comes in. He says, like, oh, we saved the tributes. Like, it's whatever, though. Like, I, it's like Pete is in the other room. You can go see him. Oh, they Fine. show uh, Joanna first, and her head's, like, shaved. That's oh, the first person Joanna. they show. <laughs> yeah, she's great. <laughs> Joanna. <laughs> I'll um, you. Keep singing so, it. I always forget the lyrics. <laughs> I know all the lyrics, so let's not play well, that sing game. Well, <laughs> like, sing four lines. I challenge you. Sing, sing four. I'm not going to sing four lines on this movie franchise show from Sweeney frickin' Todd. <laughs> The Sweeney Todd Cinematic Universe. <laughs> so, anyway, we're, we're, at, we're at, like, the end, dude. Katniss goes in to see PETA. Lily, sing it. Lily, help. Lily, sing the Joanna song. 
I feel you, Joanna. I feel you. Do they think that walls can hide you? <laughs> Come on, Connery. Even though I'm, I'm at, at your, your window, window, I am I in, the in the dark beside, beside you. you. Sweetly Very sweetly in, in your yellow hair. hair. <laughs> this is the content people come for. <laughs> you is that four lines? So that was more than four lines. Thank you. You get a tip. Really, you sounded beautiful. Connery says you sounded beautiful. <laughs> that was so good. I, I hope your microphone picked that. She sounded so good, and I sound like a dirty troll man. I'm, I'm sure it picked up, because earlier in the other room, she went, oh, fuck, and then the mic picked up. <laughs> I don't remember the context, but it was funny. It was uh, funny. Yeah, you sound like a total troll man. That's not true at all. <laughs> okay, um, thank you. Yeah, so PETA tries to kill Katniss. Uh, what were we talking about? Her. Like a movie or something? Yeah, something <laughs> oh, yeah, like Sweeney that. Oh, yeah, Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd. So here we are. Sweeney Todd has decided that he needs vengeance and he needs salvation. So this yeah. song Epiphany comes on. And then Alan Rick Moranis comes in and he's like, I'm the guy with Sasha Baron Cohen. And then um, he says, pretty Pina. women silhouetted. <laughs> and then Pina, Pina, Penis. <laughs> Pina, uh, another quick sidebar. I just want to say real quick, the other, the other Jedi in Jedi Academy, like <laughs> your friend. Do you know about this? No. <laughs> why why do you sound just so disdainful? Are we trying to talk I, I, about a movie or something? I, I no, I'm not I'm not trying to sound dis, dis, disdainful about it. I, I literally just have never played like any of like the old Star Wars games. Like ever. Okay. I definitely recommend all of them. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> um not biased at all. Your main your character <laughs> name is Jaden Core. I'm like, okay, that's like a pretty Star Wars Star Warsy name. But your friend who is, by the way, voiced by the guy who voices Max Goof in a Goofy movie. Oh. <laughs> Excellent. His name is Rosh Peenan. <laughs> Rosh Peenan. Like, they're like, yeah, that's a good name for a Star Wars character. Rosh Peenan. Perfect. <laughs> Rosh Peenan. So anyways, uh, Rosh Peenan strangles Rosh Peenan Katniss. Rosh tries to kill Katniss. Yeah, which like I was really confused by uh, why they let them go. Mm-hmm. Uh, why, why, sorry, why President Snow let all the victors go and everything? I'm like, oh, okay, this makes sense now because I didn't catch that really subtle line that President Snow said about <laughs> strangling <laughs> the things you love killing you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, whoa, my mind is blown now. I get it. <laughs> but it is kind of scary when like he just first turns around and then just like starts to tranquil- strangle her. And he's so skinny and gross at that point, too. Yeah, and he has, like, uh, they said something about... so. Oh, yeah, so she gets choked, and she has to have, like, a neck brace, basically. She's, like, mm-hmm. fucked up again. Like he nearly kills her. And then, I don't remember if it's Plutarch or Mahershala Ali or whatever, but they're, like, oh, it's the Mahershala. tracker... Or it was Beatty, maybe? They're, like, oh, the tracker yeah. jacker Venom, like, basically, they use that on him. But yeah, it's tracker jacker Venom and Suggestion. Oh, hey, I do just want to say one... Thing. I know it's farther back, but like Finnick's propaganda thing that he's saying. Oh, yeah, I, right, yeah. All of that, I'm guessing, is written in the book, but I do really appreciate that as world building, too, because it's like he's saying like a whole speech, but they're really just mm. intercutting it. So it's like having them having shot that for the movie is pretty cool because it's just like, oh, it's awesome. I don't know. A lot of like cheaper movies, like especially fr- franchise movies, like, like lower budgets and stuff, like they can just like try to do this like cheap world building stuff, but I feel like that really works because they like wrote out the entire speech for him it really feels that mm-hmm. way at least you know 
So. Yeah, and I, and I appreciated that like, they gave him like his confession. Where he's like, I was like, I was basically like, given away to like people. He was, he's like an he, again, he's like a Roman gladiator who was like given out to like people who wanted to have sex with them, with like with him. Oh, really? Which yeah, like in gladiators, like people liked them a lot, and they would often kind of give them to or oh. women, women or men would pay to have sex with gladiators. I didn't even catch that. Yeah, and so he he was like he was like I was like basically sold to like be with people I didn't want to be with, and jeez, that sucks. And so yeah, yeah, so like that's not like really dark thing from Finney that kind of like shapes him and why he even wants to be part of this rebellion in the first place. Aside from I don't know, just what's called justice and all that. He's like they really fucked me over. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna make a Decimus Maximus Radius joke, but. He doesn't. That doesn't happen to him. That, that no, really he does sucks. Not. Yeah, in that in that Spartacus TV show on like a Showtime that happens a few times. Yeah, I forgot to mention that Phoenix girlfriend, uh, Kate. What's her name? Annie. Annie. Annie mm-hmm. Claire or something like that. <laughs> Annie Claire. Uh, uh, God. Let's just say her name's Annie. She's she gets rescued too, and then he's like super happy about it. That was yeah. That was like his thing the whole time. It's just like wanting her back. And like, okay, I, I don't remember what happens to either of them in the next one. It's funny. Like, I was just watching a clip from part two. I'm like, oh yeah, this person's actually like not a good person. Not Annie, but I'm just saying like a certain character. Yeah. And I just like totally forgot what anything that happens in that movie. So I'm like super stoked to watch it again. Uh, after Hoffman explains that Pete is under like suggestion tracker tracker jacker venom, and there is a way to cure him, and he feels like they can get through to him. Coin has a speech about like yeah it's like oh we're successful in this and we're gonna take district two's uh fortress basically like pan m's fortress Mm. and i believe we can do this and that's kind of how it ends yeah and it feels very foreboding like that's like it doesn't feel like the good guys are winning it just feels like another bad guy is rising up yeah so it's like another way that i feel like this really does what i think george lucas was trying to do i know i keep saying this but i just am really fascinated by this but just, I feel like it's really effective in doing what George Lucas was trying to do with the prequel trilogies that just ended up having those be kind of like a big mess. Mm-hmm. Like, Hunger Games overall is just more entertaining. Um, this one definitely does focus on, like, politics probably the most. I, I know the mm-hmm. fourth one does a lot, too, but it's still, the acting is still really good throughout. <laughs> and the really engaging performances, it's pretty well written. So, yeah, it's just, like, more foreboding, like you said, than anything, instead of just being like, yeah, they're, like, they're not the Rebel Alliance. They're just another political faction. It's it's more true mm-hmm. to life, you know? Yeah. And especially with, like, a, it, it increased it with Philip Seymour Hoffman. He's in the audience, and he's just mouthing Quinn's speech. Right. And he, I was, I'm like, like, like he, fuck, he fucking wrote this. It's like, they're, yeah. they're both going to just going to, like, get away with this and, like, lead the world and just do this all again. <laughs> Yeah, and Julianne Moore is like, yeah, her delivery of the speeches, it's like a very staid, like, politician. Um, kind of reminds me of, I, just because I guess I don't have a lot of other references, but it does remind me of kind of like a Hillary Clinton speech or something. Mm-hmm. With uh, with more, slightly, with more darker undertones or something, yeah. She she uh, she looks at uh, PETA in his Loki-like chamber that he's, like, stuck to. <laughs> inside in chamber. and then her face is like reflected over him and then it ends with a lord song it does and uh yeah. lily walked by at this point she's like oh i remember lord like around like this time but she didn't mean that in a bad way it's just like i feel like she hasn't come out with anything i might be wrong but i, I do really like her music and i'm just like yeah it was like she was so big for like a year or two 
Yeah, you can like kind of chart the course of music semi thing for a little bit of this. Like Hunger Games, I forget who sings the Abraham's daughter song that ends Hunger Games one. Adele. But, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's Adele. Um, and then Hunger Games two, it's a it's a Taylor. It's a Coldplay song that plays after, right? Right. Yeah. Which like I feel at least for them, they just they've had such a long career that it's like mm-hmm. surprisingly not as dated. I'm like, oh, this is nice. Like. I kind of miss Coldplay being that big, but I also haven't yeah. listened to their past three albums, so I kind of contribute to them not being that big. <laughs> like, I don't remember what else they've come out with recently. I think the last album I really listened to was uh, Xylo Miloto, or Milo, Milo Xyloto. I forget what it's called. I remember when I was, like, around the age, um, I think Catching Fire came out. Maybe maybe it was more high school before Catching Fire came out, but I was part of this, like, I was in this, like, little focus group of, like, teens that came over to my family home, and they were asked, like, oh, what's your guys' favorite kind of music? And I remember, I'm not a music person at all. Like, I want to be a music person so bad. I want to know the names of artists, but I'm just so bad at it. Yeah. And I feel like I'm just bad at music in general. And I, I, I de- desperately want to know more music. If you all have music that you want to show me, please, God, send it my way <laughs> at Connery Hansen on Twitter. But... <laughs> <laughs> The point is, I remember sitting there and being like, and talking to my mom, like, I don't, I don't know, like, I don't listen, I listen to, like, show tunes and musicals, like, I don't know, like, I want to say something cool, and she's like, I don't know, just like, what's the last thing you listened to? And I was like, Coldplay, and she's like, then say Coldplay, <laughs> and so Coldplay was my answer. Yeah, I, there was definitely, like, a good few years where they were very, like, mainstream, and it's really, I guess they still, I mean, they never have not been mainstream at this point, I guess, but mm. I just... They, they've been like in my family kind of for a yeah. long time because my aunt and uncle mm-hmm. are, are they're actually only like 10 years older than me oh, so they oh, were i know that just like yeah so they had like a big influence on me with like some music and uh cold play later on and like my older sister too and like mm-hmm. they just like mean a lot to me i guess as like a kind of like a, a, a band that i would listen to with my it was a band that my whole family could really get into which was yeah. really it's really rare it's like the beatles uh mm-hmm. and Coldplay, like you can say like my dad Beatles. yeah like my dad really likes like led zeppelin and those bands but it's like and like, so does most of my family but it's like everyone like really came together for like a modern band like Coldplay. like it was like they all went to go see uh, uh what's the album that uh never mind <laughs> you're, you're talking to the wrong person i'm not yeah. gonna name an album yeah they all went to go see like a Coldplay concert and stuff so it's just uh oh viva la vida that's oh, okay. Called. See, I would have, I would have been able to guess that one. Yeah, that was like the height. But uh, I told yeah, you, Grayson just... made up like a Lord of the Rings like parody song to that, right? No. Yeah, she made like a whole parody song to Viva La Vida. That's all like go? Lord of the Rings themed. Um, I hear the tree and mist here, it ain't blooming, and they're looking for a king for ruling. I used to be a hero with sword and shield, now I have a different kind of power to wield. For some reason I can't explain, I knew my future would not be lame, and I'd rule Gondor. And that was even before the war. I keep asking you to sing all these songs because I have a, t- I can't, like, I love music, but I can't ever remember <laughs> lyrics ever. And you just pulled up, you're like, your sister, like, they're not even, like, a published <laughs> song. They're really like, oh, I know all these. <laughs> I remember uh, when me and Tyler went to uh, Northern Europe for, like, a random trip because you were taking photos and I, and you invited me to tag along. Yeah, I was on, like, a photo assignment thing. Yeah. And 
I at one point we were just like singing songs, and I kept singing songs, and you were like, "How the hell are you doing this? <laughs> Please <Yeah>. stop." <laughs> I can't remember anything ever. I'm like, oh yeah, drum beats, because I used to be a drummer. I'm like, yeah, yeah I know how this goes. Like, but <laughs> like I remember rhythms, but not ever like, yeah. But yeah. uh, yeah, Lord, Coldplay, yeah, Lana Del Rey did so many like movie songs too, like remixes. Yeah, she's in the Animosophism, isn't she? Yeah. So I guess we'll find out who did the song for Mockingjay Part Two. Is it Billy Boyd? <laughs> <laughs> Is it? Is it a uh, no King Princess? <laughs> I don't think they're around then. <laughs> no, she wasn't around then. Uh, all right, so yeah, I mean, before we get to your game, in some, what do you, how do you feel about this movie? In the same sense of my love for Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince, I did like this movie. I, I honestly That's feel like comparison. it's a good, yeah, it's it's a good ramp up. Like it's not something where there's action all the time, but I. I did enjoy this movie. I will say out of the two we've watched, this one is my favorite more so than the others. Just because I enjoyed the media. I, I liked that you're, we're hanging out with the quote-unquote good guys, but they obviously have creepy ulterior motives that even... Yeah, I think even if like the first time you're watching it, you can still tell. Like I think the music tells a lot what these people are feeling and thinking throughout the movie. In this but, one? In this one, yeah. And... Yeah, I, like I said, I, I enjoyed this movie, and this and pretty much that ramps up my review. I, I like this one. Out of, out of the three you've watched so far, I like this one the best. It's very Half-Blood Prince. Half-Blood Prince is my favorite Harry Potter, so that's my reasoning. How about you, my dude? Yeah, that's a really good comparison. Half-Blood Prince is actually, like, it's. I, I probably have two favorite Harry Potter movies just because, mm -hmm. like, I, I would like to say Half-Blood Prince is my favorite, but it's, like, in the same way that... <laughs> Uh, I won't bring up Star Wars because it's too controversial, <laughs> so bro. It's, oh, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. No, just like I, I really appreciate movies like this. Like Half-Blood Prince, I do think is like the most beautiful looking Harry Potter movie. And mm -hmm. it, But in terms of like the story, it is the one that just has like a lot of stuff go, like to do instead yeah. of like it being like extremely entertaining. But I think that movie looks really beautiful and like the direction of the whole thing is just very good. Um but it's not nearly as, like, entertaining as, I guess, like, Prisoner of Azkaban, you know? Mm. Like, those are probably, like, top two for me. But, uh, yeah, so I totally see your point with that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I liked it a lot. I think, I think I still like Catching Fire a little bit more just because it was more fun. And it's, like, a really... I just I really appreciate its, like, ability to, like, excel, like, excel the first movie. It's, like, a mm -hmm. really good sequel kind of thing where it's just, like... I wouldn't say it's on the caliber of Empire Strikes Back, but it's Empire Strikes Back is kind of like the epitome of like a good sequel where like things get shook, shooken up and it's like the middle part. I guess it is a little now that you now that I think about it, it's a little hard to rate this one on its own because it is half of a movie in, mm -hmm. in a way. It is its own movie, but it's like half of the story of the second. So I'll probably I, I guess if these were all three movies instead of. I'd probably like this last one the most just because I like all the political context stuff that comes up, especially in the last movie. We very much get the, in every Hunger in so far every Hunger Games movie, we literally get the political half and then we get the game half. Right. And this one's like all politics kind of. Yeah. For this third and fourth one, we get literally the politics. And then this fourth one, we're going to get the quote unquote games, which is mostly just a, a, the war. Yeah. I guess it is mostly the war in the last one, but like the last. Uh, not the last five minutes, but like bef like twenty minutes before the last five minutes mm -hmm. of the movie, I really <laughs> find very interesting. 
um, in terms of the, the dynamics, the character dynamics, and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I think that's all I was gonna say. Uh, what is the game you wanted to play? I think we should put ourselves in the shoes of good old President Snow, and I'd like to ask you, Tyler. President Snoke. President Snoke. <laughs> I would ask, ask. I like to ask you, Tyler. You have Peta Malark. You, your districts are facing an uprising. How would you stop this rebellion and destroy the symbol of the Mockingjay? Do you want to go first, or should I go first? I'll go first, because I feel like you'll have a funny answer, and mine's going to be dumb compared to yours. No. Yours will be much uh, more make more sense in the story terms. <laughs> so even, even when I read uh, Mock- Mockingjay, the book, and he sent Pita back to her, I fully thought he has a bomb implanted inside of him, and he was just going to blow up as soon as, like, he, he said, like, a code word or something. So, <laughs> like Dark Knight, kind of? Yeah, like, like Dark Knight. Like, He's a cell phone was, in his stomach? Yeah, exactly. Like, and he was just going to blow up and, like, kill Katniss in, like, the explosion. And I was just yeah. like... I was like, holy shit, like, don't go up to him. Because, like, he's like, Katniss, oh, my God, it's you. And like, and then he tries to, like, kill her in the book, too. But, like, I literally thought there was going to be, like, a beep, beep, beep. And then, yeah, boom. Like, literally, that's all I would have done. Like, the Capitol probably has the technology to make, like, a bomb inside somebody. And then, like, yeah, break his memory and send him out there. But that was my whole thing. I'm like, I just turn him into a, a big human bomb and then blow up Katniss and him. Yeah, they probably should have done that. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it's horribly dark and it's terrible, but like that would be my evil dictator plan. They'd have to like time him out or something though for the bomb to go off at the right time. Yeah, or or my ca- I remember being really dark at one point, and, and this is high school deep dark Connery being like, I'd make the I'd make the phrase be I love you, Katniss, before he blows up. Before he blows up, like that would be the the phrase would be oh, I love you, it. and that. Yeah, he would it's have like, to say, I love you, and then, like, it, it, he'd blow up and probably take her down with him. It's like Winter Soldier, like, uh, secret words or whatever, you know? Yeah, uh, secret yeah, code it, words. It, it, it'd be like the code word that read inside of his body, like, oh, I love you, boom. And that's See what they very, and, and I think that fit with the theme of the story as well, which I'm like, it's yeah. very scary. And then, the, love and then kills. it's over, and the movie doesn't make, make any sense. <laughs> You're like, oh, okay, like, why did <laughs> they decide to do this? <laughs> Credits roll. Snow, <laughs> Snow wins the end. <laughs> They just refund everyone's tickets. <laughs> a person sits outside like, here's th- here's $20. Here's $20. Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry I know. The movie was only $16. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. There's an extra Now take this 20 and go there. see Bloodshot. <laughs> um, yeah, and to set off the bomb, they have to set the preheat option on PETA's stomach. <laughs> Set it to 350 degrees. Yeah, and then it finally gets a 350, and then he blows up. <laughs> Set him to bake, not to broil. <laughs> um, uh, so, so Tyler, how, how do you stop the rebellion of the districts and secure your place as the supreme overlord of Pan Am? I think PETA just needed a little bit more motivation. So mm-hmm. I know he really cares about Katniss, but I think even more so, like... All you had to do in the Stanley Tucci interviews, basically, is to just hang a piece of uh, a bread behind Stanley Tucci <laughs> and just, like, threaten to do something to it until PETA actually, like, did everything they wanted. Up to they the point like, where he would... like, a held up to it, like they're going to yeah. burn the bread. <laughs> yeah, they're going to burn the bread. Up to the point where, uh, like, he would kill Katniss because he was so worried about the bread. <laughs> He'd have to incorporate some, like, cake camouflage. And then, like, 
it'd be like burning the bread. He'd be like, no, I still won't do it. And then they like bring a big muddy hog into like the studio. And then he's like, no, no. He has such bad memories of his mom hating him and eating the hog bread. Um, So then he kills Katniss because he didn't want the bread to get hogged. That's all I got. Uh, You win. You win again, my (laughs) old friend. (laughs) Challenge. Win. Fatality. (laughs) Uh, I guess that's all we have to say about the movie. Yeah. So stay tuned for our next. uh, Is there anything else you wanted to add? Uh, Yeah. Um, If you enjoyed this movie podcast and you're not sick of my voice, you can check out uh, Starship Impala on iTunes and SoundCloud. And yeah, that's always a good fun time. It's a Pathfinder, not Pathfinder, it's Starfinder, where uh, me and a couple other friends play through a Starfinder campaign, and we just have a grand old time. And, Hooray! Uh, that's, 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 that's all I got to plug. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, just follow me at Twained on Instagram, T-W-A-Y-N-E-D. Uh, at this point, I just put up some photos from, uh, I just went to London a couple months ago, right before all this craziness happened, so I just put some pictures up from my trip there uh edit this out it's really it sounds really self-aggrandizing i hate it <laughs> well that's what plugs are tyler <laughs> no keep it all <laughs> um and then my i have another instagram actually at neon underscore apothecary hell yeah uh follow that i just take pictures of neon signs because it's like my personal obsession uh he's so, really good they're always really cool don't thank you and don't worry i'm not going outside and taking any pictures right now because uh of quarantine so i'm being a safe yeah. boy Follow me at Twitter at Tiami Vice. Uh, I think that's it. So until next time, we're going to be covering part two, Mockingjay part two, with our next guest, Lily Young. Woo-hoo. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.